$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. Welcome. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin. You're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on knowledge, education, training, and development. Tonight, I thought I would talk about basically dentistry, it's not really a job, but is a career. And what are some of the steps that can help us make this an ideal career? And I thought since most of our listeners are wet finger dentists or in some type of healthcare, whether it be medicine or dentistry, in my opinion, you should start off with a plan. As we would treat our patients, typically you would review past medical history, past dental history, your client or patient's chief complaint. You would then take radiographs, whether that be a panorex, a full series of radiographs, an ICAT scan. You would then do periodontal charting, diagnostic photos, impressions, an evaluation of risk or the risk assessment, and then deal with financial arrangements. And my suggestion for those doctors considering their career, the same thing applies to when you're getting started in the career of dentistry or medicine. And in my opinion, the first and most important aspect is to know yourself. When you finally know yourself, you'll understand whether you're best suited for a solo practice, a group practice, a DSO, or an MSO. DSO standing for a dental support or dental service organization, 
typically run by dentists and dentists working in the practice. Whereas an MSO or managed service organization, many times the practice is run by non-dentists, but could be run by dentists. But in most cases, the distinction is they're backed by a private equity group. You may find that your background, your personality of knowing yourself is best suited for government health care or insurance type health care, research public health, nonprofits. You may be deciding whether you're interested in a residency program, a specialty program, or continue to focus on teaching and research. My personal point here is that when you know yourself and you know your personality, you're going to find the area that's probably best suited for your professional career. Just because you choose something other than private practice certainly is no no disappointment on anybody's point of view. It just simply means you're more suited based on your personality, likes, wants, and needs to one area of a career over another area of career. I cannot emphasize the critical importance of fully understanding this before you just leap and make a decision to join one of the various areas that we've just recently discussed. At this point, it's even more important in our modern day healthcare providers because typically they're highly leveraged in debt. Many times they lack clinical experience and business experience. And the financial decisions of making a mistake can be with you for the long term and can be a tremendous detriment to you. As we know today, the average dentist is well over $300,000 in debt. And many times they now have to invest in buying into a practice. And this is what has made DSOs and MSOs so popular and growing at such a rapid rate. The financial strain on you personally and clinically by not making this right decision can have a tremendous impact not only on your health, but also on your family. My suggestion is there are some basic principles for success. And once you know yourself and you find what your personality is best suited for, I strongly suggest you have a vision. Most people have a vision in their mind of how they'd like to see themselves professionally and personally. Besides having a vision, it is critical that you have some kind of code of conduct. What that means is you have a series of checks and balances that will allow you to proceed in one area or another without ever interfering your code of conduct. You also have to have a relentless ability to communicate with your team members. You have to have and fully understand a financial plan. What are you trying to accomplish? How much income do you need to live a comfortable life? How much income do you need to put away for your future? I would strongly suggest to add to these principles of success, you continue to raise the bar, not only for your personal business, but for yourself and your family. You have to understand that ultimately you will become the final decision maker. And those decisions, although maybe correct or incorrect, you constantly have to be aware of the fact that everyone will be making mistakes. The key is to not dwell on those mistakes, but to sit yourself up, 
change the direction and go in a different direction if that's what's necessary to bring uh, success financially and the whole gamut of success. You cannot be afraid and should not be afraid to solicit help and support. You will find that there are people around you that you can trust, believe in, and like, and they're usually more than willing to act as a, a brace, to act as a support system, to help you make the best decisions and reduce your decisions that are less likely to succeed. I think it's also critical in these principles of success to demand excellence, not only of yourself, but the people around you. And at this point in time, the implementation of the correct technology is critical to long-term success. And then lastly, I would strongly advocate that you facilitate continuous positive actions. Negative feelings, negative thoughts, dwelling on past or previous mistakes and poor decisions are going to accomplish little and leave you just with additional heartache and more stress and more aggravation. Preparing your career, again, without beating a dead horse, in most cases, is fully understanding your personality, your wants and needs, and what makes you tick. And once you gather that information and understand it, I strongly recommend you attack those areas that we discussed earlier, whether it be an MSO, a DSO, a solo practice, a group practice, research, teaching, government, or public health. Ultimately, once you really make that decision, today's podcast is focused on that interview process and that decision that you're going to make with either a solo practice, a group practice, an MSO, or a DSO. And basically, the following bullet points are things that I think your employer actually wants to know. And one, they're going to want to know how long are you planning to stay at this particular uh, job? Two, do you have a good work ethic? Three, do you know how to communicate with patients and team members? Four, can you make a profit for yourself and the company? Five, are you planning to buy in or are you just there to pick that doctor's brain, get some experience and move on? Six, are your clinical skills so that you can provide an adequate standard of care in all the disciplines and areas of dentistry? And if not, are you willing to take the action steps to get the training and expertise so that you can provide a high level of care and service to your patients and to your organization? Next, are you planning to be married or not? Are you planning to have children or not? And what is your spouse going to do for his or her career or care? This may seem off the mark, but I can't tell you in my 38 years of private practice how many times someone has been hired, everything seemed good, and then out of the blue, they relocate because a spouse has been forced because of a job situation to change. In dentistry and healthcare, your probably largest asset is your patient base. And when that patient base is constantly disrupted because a new practitioner is coming or going, it leaves a tremendous sense of loss, not only to your organization, but to your patient base and doesn't create a long-term successful business, in my opinion. 
Basically, what that individual is looking for is, do you have roots in the community and are you planning to stay long term? I think the doctors listening to this podcast, hygienists and clinical assistants, they all know how difficult it is to spend time, money, effort training an individual only to find out in a short period of time that individual is moving out of the area for a variety of different reasons. On top of this, my personal opinion is you need to know some specific things about the organization you're considering. And the following are my strong recommendations. You should clearly know what your hours of operation will be. Are you going to be on call? Will you be expected to work early morning hours or evening hours? You should clearly know how much you will be earning and how that earn amount of income is calculated so that there are no gray areas. You should fully understand what your contract says and what it means. You should know what your benefits are and you should very much understand what those benefits can and cannot do for you. You should also know what's going to happen to your accounts receivable if you elect to buy in down the road or you elect to leave for whatever reason. Will those accounts receivable stay with the organization? Will they go with you or will they be shared in some shape or form? You probably should also be interested in how many patients you're expected to see. Or will you be expected to see any patients and you control your schedule entirely on your own? You should be also interested in how many new patients you'll be seeing each month, what type of insurances you'll be accepting, and you also will want to know, are there any bonuses, whether they be sign-in bonuses, collection or production bonuses. And you should also know what would be the estimated buy-in and what would be the estimated time for that buy-in to start. These are critical questions that you need to know from the organization you're considering to join. And that organization also needs to know a number of important issues. And that increases the chance of long-term success. Once you've decided on that, it is critical that a professional service agreement be made up. That professional service agreement is critical. In my 38 years of experience, my understanding is mostly if both parties like each other, they believe in each other and trust each other, it'll be very rare that you'll actually look up or review your professional service agreement. But in the real world, there are disagreements, there are misunderstandings, and that's when this professional service agreement becomes extremely important, not only for your employer, but you as an employee. It should have a notice of engagement, and it should have a designated term. It should list the duties and the qualifications along with requirements and the duty to maintain skills. It should also state that you should have updated licenses and DEAs. There should be a list of company guidelines. It should also state what happens in death, disability, dissolution, disputes, restrictive covenants, and patient confidentiality. The service agreement should comply with federal and state law along with regulations. It should institute and maintain that accurate records are critical to the success of an organization. 
There should be a discussion of outside interests or conflicts. There should be a list of compensation and any benefits. There should be an eligibility to participate in insurance plans and what type of insurance plans. And there should be discussions in this professional service agreement. What happens if the dentist loses his license? What happens to the billing assignments? And what happens during termination? These are all critical points in making the best decisions for the best long-term success, not only for your employer, but you yourself. You've been listening to Dr. Kevin Coughlin, and this is Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on development, education, and training and knowledge. I want to give special thanks to our podcast producers, which is David Wolf and his expert team. Without their knowledge and experience, these podcasts would not be possible. I also want to say thanks to Henry Schein, Patterson Dental, and Vocal Dental Supplies. Without their support and expertise, these podcasts would be difficult. I want to thank you for listening tonight, and I look forward to talking to you in the near future. And if you have any questions or concerns, please check out Ascent Dental Solutions, where many of these podcasts are listed, along with some of my training, education, and development programs. Thanks again and have a pleasant evening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.